Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There is a way that leads to life. The few that find it never die. Past mountain peaks, graced white with snow, the way grows brighter as it goes. There is a road inside of you, inside of me there is one too. No stumbling pilgrim in the dark, the road to Zion's to Zion's in your heart The river runs beside the road Its waters living as they flow In liquid voice the water comes On thirsty knees a pilgrim falls There is a road Road to Zion by Petra, as as my listeners well know, and uh, it discusses, talks about we're on the road to Zion, and we all are. The road to Zion is just representative of that spiritual path we're all on, and whether we want to deny it or not, we are on a spiritual path, and everything in the world I know says only believe what you can see or hear or taste or touch, but fact is, things are more spiritually affected than we may realize, and that's what Pathfinder Radio is here to help you with, that spiritual walk. So welcome to Pathfinder Radio. Pathfinder Radio is on the air. I am your host, Benjamin Raven Presley. You can call me Raven. All my friends do. I consider you all to be my friends. And welcome to our show, Spiritually Speaking. Are you enjoying these shows? Are they helping? I hope so. Please take time to contact me and let me know if you're listening and how these shows are blessing you. If you miss a broadcast, just go to my website, waytheraven.net, and click the button for Pathfinder Radio. You can listen there when I'm live and listen to recorded shows you may have missed. Just go to my website and let that always be your portal to Pathfinder Radio. And you always have the latest version, and while you're there, take time to explore my website. And Most people find it fascinating and useful, and I hope you will also. Tonight, I'm going to be discussing whether there's a sin God will not forgive you of. Hmm. Can you go too far that God will not forgive you? What about that unpardonable sin the Bible speaks of? Well, I'm going to really stretch your thinking and challenge some stereotypical and traditional thinking, as usual. But I think if you will consider I will, what I'm teaching, you'll, it'll revolutionize your understanding. So before we get started tonight, though, let's listen to this song by Plum, and it's called In My Arms. Baby blues So full of wonder Your curly cues Your contagious smile And as I watch You start to grow up Oh 
Benjamin Raven Presley. It can be a confusing world out there with many spiritual paths that just lead to confusion and destruction. It's my desire to help you on your spiritual path and make sense of it all. That's why I have written two books I think you will enjoy and find very useful as you seek to understand the Bible and what it means to walk in the Spirit. The first one is Things I Wish Someone Would Have Told Me When I Became a Christian. That's a long title, I know, but it isn't just a catchy title. That is what this book is literally about. I've been a believer since 1975, and this book is about things I had to learn the hard way, the basic things you need to understand as a believer in Christ, what really matters. It's an easy read, and it's available as a Kindle download for only $2 or a paperback for $7.95. The sister book that gets much more in-depth on many subjects is Are We Making This Too Hard? This is a 400-page book that is full of lessons I've taught through the years. It explains subjects like relationships, grace, intelligent design versus evolution, why the Bible is true, and so much more. Both of these books are available on my website at wayoftheraven.net. My goal in life is to make the Bible and walking with God understandable and relevant, and I know you will benefit from these two books. So let's talk about this subject. Is there a sin you cannot be forgiven of? Sometimes when it's talked about, it's known as a sin unto death or the unpardonable sin. There's been much discussion and debate throughout history as to whether there is a sin a person can put them in a position where they cannot be forgiven, where they have no hope in this life or the life to come, and they will go to hell when they die. It's been called a sin unto death, which is based on 1 John 5:16. And then there's also blasphemy of the Holy Ghost from Matthew 12:31. Now Hebrews 6, 4 through 6 also is a passage of scripture that some cite as proof that there's a sin you cannot be forgiven of. Let's read those scriptures in the book of Hebrews 
Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Unquote. Now, if you read just these scriptures and you don't bother to read them in context of the scriptures and the character of God and the gospel delivered to us, one could most definitely surmise from these scriptures that it is possible to commit a sin one cannot be forgiven of. That's why it's so important to read scriptures in context. And context is not just reading a verse before and a verse after. Context means, you, you know, you need to look on a subject. You need to look at other scriptures on a subject. You need to think about the character of God. You need to think about the gospel. Look at the whole big picture, in other words, and how it fits in. You, you can make scriptures say whatever you want them to say if you take, them, take this one scripture out and, you know, and distort it. I mean, cults do that all the time. Well, it's my intention to deal with the subject of whether it is possible to sin a sin that you cannot be forgiven of in this study. Well, I'm going to tell you straight out what I believe, and more importantly, believe what the scripture says. Here's the short answer. As long as you have breath in your body, you can be forgiven of any sin if you wish to be forgiven. If you do not wish to be forgiven and choose not to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be lost forever and throughout eternity in this life and the life to come. There is an eternal part of you that lives on after you die in this life that will spend eternity in heaven or in hell, depending on whether you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, called upon him to forgive you of your sins and have repented of your sins or not. Peter makes it abundantly clear that Jesus is the only way to be saved. And I quote, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Unquote. That's Acts 4.12. And Jesus himself declares, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's in John 14.6. There are no other paths or ways to God and eternal life, no matter what other belief systems say. And we deal with this in another broadcast if you want to listen to go back and listen to it about how Jesus, how could he claim to be the only way, the truth, and the life. So anyway, can you send yourself to death though? Well, sure you can. Romans 6.16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Unquote. If you live a sinful life all the way up to the day you die and do not repent, Turn from your wicked ways. You've made a choice without saying a word. You have rejected the salvation offered to you. First John five seventeen puts it this way. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Unquote. Also read James 4, 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Unquote. There's a difference between the stumbling in sin and feeling convicted of it and asking forgiveness versus knowing you are committing a sin and doing it willfully. A person who's living a sinful lifestyle more than likely has not been saved at all. They may have prayed a so-called sinner's prayer or cried off a little guilt to the altar, but if they truly did not repent of their sins and commit their life to Christ, they will be lost just as sure as if they had never went to the altar. There has to be a deep-seated regret for the sin a person has lived. Second Corinthians 7, 9-11 explains, Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed unto repentance, for you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, the selfsame thing, that ye sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge, in all things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter." Unquote. This is what is often called conviction. It's a realization that a person is a sinner 
and in need of a Savior, and is followed by God drawing that person to himself. John 6.44 says this way, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Unquote. People love to classify sin and say, Oh, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. But Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Unquote. All people are born into sin and need to be saved. It isn't about how good or bad we are. So let's listen to another song. When we get back, we're going to discuss this thing called backsliding. Can you turn away from God and be lost? We're going to find out right after this song. This song is by Keith Green, and it's a real appropriate song to go with this study. It's called uh, Grace by Which I Stand. Listen to the words of this song. Really, really, the song always blesses me and enlightens me and really turns my heart toward God. So listen carefully. Oh, 
Amen. Such an appropriate song as we continue our discussion. So can a person be saved and turn away from God and be lost? There are some out there that believe once saved, always saved. And no matter how bad you live, you can get saved, you, you'll still be saved. Well, then that when someone turns away from God and back to living ungodly, they like to say they were never really saved to begin with as far as someone turning back to their evil ways. In most cases, that is probably true, but they never really, that they never really got saved. But let's look at uh, Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. It says, and I quote, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. And that's unquote. I believe these scriptures are clearly describing a person who has been saved, verses 4 and 5, and they fall away, as in verse 6. It's not God's will that anyone perish, according to 2 Peter 3, 9, and also in John 3, 16. And God will in no wise cast out anyone who comes to him, that's in John six thirty seven. But he does not take away our will. He does not take away our power of choice. He will never leave us or forsake us. That's clear in Hebrews thirteen five. But we can leave and forsake him. Now, do not misunderstand Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. It does not say that once you turn away from him, you have no hope or like no hope, no, not at all. It's merely logically saying, how can a person be saved if they don't want to? Such a person will be lost if they do not turn back to God before they die. Jesus destroyed the power of sin, but not the practice of sin. It's up to us to make the right choices and walk in the power over sin that he supplied when he died on the cross and rose again. Revelations uh, chapter 12, 21 actually, verses uh, 7 through 8 says this, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable murders, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's Revelation 21, 7 through 8. Galatians five nineteen through 21 is addressed to the believers at the church of Galatia. And after a whole list of sin, which Paul calls the works of the flesh, he plainly says, They who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Unquote. God does not take away our power of choice. And if we wish to be lost, we can be lost. But if at any time during this time of turning away we call upon the Lord and return to him, he is waiting with open arms to receive us. Remember the prodigal son, Luke fifteen eleven through 32? Turning away from God is commonly called backsliding. It's a word used in the Bible many times, more than I can name here. A few scriptures are Proverbs 14, 14, Jeremiah chapter 2, 3, 5, 8, 14, and more. Hosea 4, 11, and 14, and it's just a few passages where they use the word backsliding. But there's so many people that say that it's not possible to backslide. You know, but it's used numerous times in the Bible. I love Hosea 14, 4, though. It says, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from him, unquote. So what about Matthew twelve thirty one through 32, where it speaks of a sin called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Let me read that to you. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come, unquote. This is very similar to what I've already discussed when discussing Hebrews 6, 4-6. through 6. Jesus is telling a bunch of Pharisees and all who will hear it that if they do not ask for forgiveness of sin and do not believe, they die in an unforgiven state 
and cannot be saved in this world or the next because they have chosen not to believe. I have a good friend, Reverend Robert Gittins IV. He explains this very well, and I'll quote him. People are fixated on speaking against as the definition for blaspheming when they should give more weight to the other Greek definition, which is contempt. It's the same thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showed to the king when he tried to make them bow down to his image. Basically, they told him his authority did not exist and that they could not and would not obey his commands even unto death. Well, we know that they were right and the king was wrong, but he was the highest legal authority in the land. Yes, God was in fact the highest. God is our Father and our Creator, our Provider. Jesus is our Savior, our Mercy Seat, and our Advocate. If we don't have Jesus, you can't even get to the Father. Jesus always points us to the Father. The Father says the Son has the authority. The blood has paid the price. You must go through Him so I can see you as family. The Holy Spirit is always a witness to the Father and points us to Jesus the Christ. He is the Spirit of Truth, one that refuses the invitation and is at the point of death, and their final will is to show contempt for God's personal invitation through His Holy Spirit has basically said to God, you have no authority over me. I decide I don't need you. Blasphemy in my book is to refuse the rescuing of your soul by the only one who is able to do so. Now, I'm not seeing that definition anywhere else, so you may quote me on that. And I unquote, that's an unquote there. Robert's uh, so true, and I think it puts it so well. You can read the whole story in context, basically found in Matthew 12, 22 through 37. The Pharisees were basically telling Jesus that they would not believe on him, and even said his works were of the devil after he just cast a devil out of a man. There are many in this generation who curse God and Christianity and will indeed go to their grave unforgiven and will be lost. All that are not saved shall stand before God at the great white throne judgment and be judged. And I quote, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And that's in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. But the book of Revelation doesn't leave you there. It goes on to describe what happens to those who believe in chapter 21. It describes a reward in a city whose builder and maker is God. Read with me there, if you would, Revelation 21. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 8, and then I'm going to skip to verse 27. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away." And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto them, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then he goes on to describe in several verses of the heavenly city, but he ends with these words in verse 27, and he says, And there shall no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, 
but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, unquote. Can we read one more passage of scriptures? I know this is a lot of scripture reading, but these scriptures make it very clear who will and will not be in heaven. Let's read Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the word world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, or fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? And when saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say to you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting life. Prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, or thirsty, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say to you, Inasmuch as ye did not to the one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. And that's an unquote. Let's, uh, let's listen to a song right now by the Crab family. And uh, really, really listen to the words of the song, because I think they kind of go along with what we're, what we're talking about. This song is called Please Forgive Me by the Crab family. <laughs> My sleep is gone, my heart is full of sorrow I can't believe how much I've let you down I dread the pain that waits for me tomorrow When the sun reveals my broken dreams scattered on the ground I need your grace to make it through All I have is you I'm at your mercy And Lord, I'll serve you Yes, Until my dying day And help others find the way At your mercy Please forgive me Take the time to care for no sinner born on me, but you know I read in the Bible this story how he prayed for mine and your forgiveness while he was dying. Yeah. 
your prayer there's a glorious day coming he loves you and he doesn't wish to see you perish he gave us life so that you wouldn't have to but he also loves you too much to take away your power of choice and that being said i will also add this warning or advice the longer you wait the harder your heart can become the more you resist that tugging at your heart that small gentle voice of the holy spirit calling you to return the more faint his voice becomes the more hardened your conscience becomes Paul warns Timothy and us, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisies, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. It's kind of like living near an airport. After a while, you don't even hear the planes coming in because you've shut out your consciousness of the noise. Then there are those who fall into cults and even so-called churches with bad doctrine, and you become convinced that they're right. And you soothe your conscience with a lying doctrine that they teach. So don't be deceived and don't wait. Do not neglect the salvation offered to you. And don't let any person or bad doctrine deceive you. If you're reading this and hearing this broadcast, then there's hope for you. He will write your name in the book of life if you call on him, no matter how bad or evil you think you are. God loves you, and today is the day of salvation, it says in Second Corinthians 6. two. So in conclusion, I just want to sum it up and just say, you can be forgiven of any sin. There's so many people that I have met in life that have said, you know, they've, they've sinned too much. They've been away from God too long that God won't forgive them. But it's just not true. It's just a lie of the devil, you know, it, to convince people that so that they won't call upon the name of the Lord. But it's very, very clear in scriptures. That if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It says he will in no wise cast out anyone that comes to him. You know, I don't care how bad the sin is. You know, you can come to Christ and no matter how bad, we have a tendency in this society to classify sins and say this one's bad and this one's not as bad and all that. But we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So don't be thinking your sin is any worse than anybody else's sin. When it comes to, to being saved, all this, the ones that are going to be in heaven are the ones whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then all you got to do is just Feel a sorrow for those sins. Realize in your heart that, that what you've done is wrong. Cry out to the Lord and he will draw you to him. And then you repent of your sins. You turn away from it. You tell God you're sorry. You know, and, and, and it says that godly sorrow will work repentance in you. It will work, you know, in you salvation. And so that's all you've got to do. You know, it might, and I know a lot of people think, well, that's just too simple. You know, I've got to do some penance. There's religions that even tell you, go do some penance, do this or that, you know, to make up for your sins. You can't make up for your sins. 
That's why Jesus came to the earth and he died on the cross so that he can make up for our sins. He's the only one that can. So we got to believe on him. And if we believe on him, we will be saved. So I hope this really helps. And I'm, 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 gonna be, I'm praying with you. In fact, I'm going to pray with you right now. Father God, if, I just want you, Lord, to open your, their eyes up to the person. Cause I know there's people out there that are listening to this message that think they've drifted too far away from you. But God, I just pray, Lord, you'd use these words and just draw them to you and show them, God, that you still care for them, that you still love them, and that you want that that you want them to come to you so that you can be in relationship with them and that they can that you can help straighten their lives out on this earth and on, in this life, and then to reward them in the life to come. You know, I want to remind everyone listening that if you have any questions or comments, then share them on Twitter at pradio7. And next week, I'm going to start a new series on prayer. There's so many depths of prayer that are not taught or people get locked into something like vain repetition of some prayer from a book of prayers or something they were taught as a child. Or they just flounder around with the words and they can't seem to bring together in a coherent prayer. You know, if this describes any of you or even if it doesn't, you know, I think you're going to learn something about prayer as I teach it. It's going to be a series and and I'm going to be teaching a lot about different kinds of prayer and just really what the Bible says about prayer. So this is going to really help you. So spread the word if you will. This series will really help you out. And that's next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on Meditations, which is Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be discussing the power of our words, how important it is what we say. So don't miss a single episode. Be sure to spread the word and tune in every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a Spiritually Speaking Show and Meditations on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Spiritually Speaking is about hour-long meditations, usually around 20 minutes or so. You know, So listen to both these shows. Tell me what you think about them, too. If you have any prayer requests, make them known and uh, by either by my email or by Twitter. And my team's going to be praying sincerely for each and every request. If you wish, you can email your request to me at raven at wayoftheraven.net. Also available free of charge is the printed lesson from every show at Pathfinder Radio, all one word, dot blogspot.com. There will also be other resources made available there in the days ahead. And I'd also like to make you aware of another blog I do that has many valuable studies for free. And it's called Ravenquest Bible Learning Community dot com. I know that's a long name, and you're not going to, probably not going to remember all these resources. But if you forget it, just go to my main website at waytheraven.net, and there's a button there you can click on for blogs. There's a button you can click on there for books, and there's free stuff on there that where there's uh, lessons you can learn and you can like you know listen to, and different things. And uh, there's many useful items that'll assist you in your spiritual journey. Well, it's been a great show, and be sure to spread the word and listen to Spiritually Speaking every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'm going to play a couple more songs and bid you farewell till next time. I'm going to be online for a little bit longer in case anyone has a question or comment, and uh, you can make that known to Twitter, and that's, that's at PRadio7. And uh, submit your questions by there or by email at ravenwaytheraven.net. This is Raven. I'll be praying for you, and I appreciate your prayers for me and for this show, and God bless you. Seek your face tonight. If that's your cry, just lift your hands. God, we've come to meet with you tonight. Our soul cries out to you. Our flesh cries out to you. 
you looking for an exciting fantasy fiction adventure that is both family-friendly, action-packed, and inspiring? If so, then the Raven Quest series by Benjamin Raven Presley is for you. Terrazim is a world of many creatures, but it has a shadow of evil reign upon it by Shinar and his death furies. Skies and Raven are simple folk living off the land, content with their simple existence until one day they find a sword in a cave that empowers them and changes everything. They travel with wolves and even a bobcat as companions and become a force to be reckoned with and become the heroes of Terrazim. Travel with them on their adventures as you read Raven Quest. Raven Quest is up to three volumes with Volume 4 coming out June 2015. For a limited time, purchase all three volumes for only $25. Order your copies today at wayoftheraven.net. That's wayoftheraven.net. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down When I hear that trumpet sound I'm gonna rise right out of the ground Ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, look way down the river And what do you think I see? I see a band of angels And they're coming after me Ain't no grave can hold my body down There ain't no grave can hold my body down Well look down yonder Gabriel Put your feet on the land and see But Gabriel don't you blow your trumpet Till you hear from me There ain't no grave can hold my body down Ain't no grave can hold my body down. Meet me, Jesus, meet me Meet me in the middle of the air And if these wings don't fail me I will meet you anywhere Ain't no grave can hold my body down There ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, meet me, mother and father Meet me down the river road and mama, you know that I'll be there when I check in, my Lord. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.